Welcome to Popcornism, the place to take a break from the weight of the world. I'm Tanya. And I'm Pooja. We've been friends, good friends, for over 20 years, and we want to invite you into our inside conversation. Through the years, we've had a full range of conversations, and we believe that this qualifies us as podcast hosts in today's day and age. Sometimes we're totally in sync, and sometimes we think the other person has lost their marbles. Our topics aren't always going to be earth-shatteringly important, but they're interesting and will feature a lot of personal stories. So bring along some popcorn with a pinch of salt and let's have some fun. Hi and welcome back. This is part two of our books podcast. We had way too much to say, so we're going to continue talking about some of our favorite authors and books that changed our lives in this episode. All right. So now, do we want to talk about books that we loved as kids 100%. or teenagers? I think that uh, yeah, really gonna <laughs> yeah. We we should start with the disclaimer that uh, both of us are absolutely obsessed with Harry Potter, and we want to do a whole <laughs> probably episode on that. So we'll just we'll keep the Harry Potter gonna... discussion to a minimum if we can. Yes, if we can try, if we can succeed, yeah. then, <laughs> then we deserve mm-hmm. extra life. <laughs> um, and I, actually, we could also have people that, we, there are so many people that we know who are in love yes. with Harry Potter as well, so we could definitely have people. That, would be, that would be really future. fun, we should do that. It would be incredible. Um, but starting okay. off, like, I obviously loved Harry Potter. I've read each of the books at least five or six times may easily more times I, I want to say uh, I think like my favorite mm-hmm. thing about it is that we I was the same age as the characters when the books were coming out and so it was like mm-hmm. incredibly relatable you know like the teenage angst which is you know easily like <laughs> the best part of any teenage content out there and uh, <laughs> also you know because it's a British uh it's it's set in England, and we it, like mm. Indian schools are also modeled after the British schooling system. So we had houses and the house rivalry, and you know having teachers, and you know a lot of those things were yeah the, the prefect. prefect and the head boy and all of those things were incredibly <laughs> incredibly relatable. So yeah, because you were yeah. head girl. <laughs> so uh, so so yeah, no no like questions asked apart from the actual story itself, which is about mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah about like, friendship and bravery and how to be a good rebel and magic, and magic. like yeah let's not forget that <laughs> yeah what are your little blurbs about yeah, why you love harry potter i think for me it wasn't so much like yes it was exciting that we were the same age but beyond that just the the, the how incredibly like it was a whole mm-hmm. world in itself and and there was so much detail and there was so much there was so much magic and it was all things like it was so creative i think that was the thing it was like opened my mind to like what yeah. could be like what if this really exists it really opened up my imagination i feel um and then also i remember in high school talking to a friend of mine saying that you know instead of um having our regular study like mm-hmm. requirements such as like Brave New World and 
yeah you know, lord of the flies and all these like to kill a mockingbird we should have harry yes. potter because it's an actual fun read and also it has so many important themes so i remember like brainstorming a whole bunch of themes that were visible and that people yeah. could write essays on like you know the importance of love and like all the stuff mm-hmm. that you mentioned about like loyalty friendship and um standing up for yourself and others yeah. that you care yeah. about like and, actual real yeah, those are, values those... that people should have Mm-hmm. yes exactly like to teach you those not to just like read satire and then somehow magically mm-hmm. know that you know that's not <laughs> um yeah so harry potter was incredible i haven't read it so many times as you and i don't think um i try mm-hmm. i just can't i can't do it even though i really loved it um i guess you're a bigger fan i than just I I, so for me reading <laughs> harry potter is like what I do when I'm like when I need again going I think I mentioned this earlier but like needing to have that control in my life like it's for me like if I'm if I'm reading Harry Potter yes it's like taking myself to a safe space (laughs) I know what's gonna happen I'm very happy about what's gonna happen and like I can feel all those feelings all over again it just calms me down to no end so I think it's it's more like self-preservation and self-care than anything else okay so moving moving on <laughs> from harry potter uh, what's something else yes. that you loved as a yes. kid there was one book i thought was my absolute favorite and i would never have a better favorite it was called mm-hmm. and then there were none it was by agatha christie it was uh lovely yeah love read me too, some right? it's agatha a... christie stuff i feel like i might have read <laughs> all of her books like every single one oh. of them so like how do you say his name you should know you live in a country that speaks french yes yes i know i always stumble but like when when i was like i remember reading his books and i thought he was boring but my sister and i think you like everyone thinks that he's very cool but he's not cool right (laughs) okay well i guess then when i was younger i didn't like dorky people but now i love them yeah i should reread them (laughs) um yeah, anyway, sorry. So uh, I really like And Then There Were None because it was just so incredibly risky and scary and things were actually happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, so many people were dying. I don't think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. suspense. And, like, how is it happening and who is it? And it just kept me up. And then, um, again, this is one of the books I reread many years later, mm-hmm. two years ago, actually. And it was not the same magic or the experience. So please do not uh, I think I think this I is think my humble request. Uh, another thing with Agatha Christie and again, like I I can't point out to a single one that I loved because I read all of them very quickly, very together, so they've all kind of blurred into like one book essentially. But uh, mm-hmm. in my in my mind, but I think like we, she wrote these books in like the thirties and the forties. So they may have not like as kids you don't understand a lot of those themes you know you're like oh this is just a mystery novel and it's exciting and you finish it off but then as an adult knowing what we know like it's sometimes harder to get impressed by something that was a you know mystery 30 years ago where I mean sorry like 100 years ago whereas now it's just like oh that's obvious you know or like that's not that exciting anymore mm-hmm. But no, I I mm-hmm. absolutely loved uh, Agatha Christie. Definitely, I I want to do I want to do a shout what out else? to one of my favorite authors as a kid, which was Annette Blyden. And I do have to say, for the longest mm-hmm. time, I read her books 
starting probably grade two until grades I don't know like seven or six even and I for the longest time did not know how to say her name because of the way it was the font in which it was written on the books made the e look like a g or sometimes a b and I'm like what is her name I didn't even know it was a her actually for the longest time I was just like this is just a person and I know the last name is Blyden and it could be Jeanid or Beanid or like whatever I did not realize it was (laughs) Enid Blyden for so long but absolutely so she had this um series um again as a uh, it was it was like these three siblings um two boys and one girl and it was the enchanted wood series and it was essentially about how they uh moved to did we did i talk about this in the hobbies uh podcast okay so it was about how these three kids move from the city to the countryside and how these kids um, discover the forest behind their house and how the forest is magical and the trees talk to each other and there's this one tree that they, like, you know, they're like folks that live, like this one of the books in the series is called Folks of the Faraway Tree. So they're like people who live on this tree. They're elves, there's gnomes, there is, uh, uh, what are those uh, other pixies, you know, there's all of these characters which... And with little context, like as somebody who grew up in Nigeria, like countryside, forest, <laughs> like all of these things were so bizarre. I'm like, what is like it just for me, like my imagination, like basically was tripping, right? Like I was like, this is, you know, like this exactly. is like I have to be an asset to yeah. be able to imagine half of the things that she's talking about in here because <laughs> it's so. Also oh because, like, you know, like the, the premise so of the book was, like, <laughs> these three kids who are, I don't know, like, no, yeah, yeah, so they're, much like, freedom. seven, eleven, <laughs> and, like, eight or whatever. Like, they're really young, on, under the, uh, not even teenagers. And they go on a picnic by themselves. I'm like, I can't even go to my friend's house by myself <laughs> because of, you know, the situations in, in, in Lagos. So I was just like, what kind of kids get to go on picnics by themselves? Speaking of, um, speaking of like these things that you had to really use your imagination for, I had the same thing with the famous mm-hmm. five series, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, you know, they talk about going camping and they talk about um, poetry. Yes. I really don't think I had had. Oh, God. <laughs> And like fishing, and then so many years later, I went on this camping trip, um, and there was a river, and then like I literally just went for a dip in the river because <laughs> I wanted to feel like I was in those books. There was no other reason. No one else went because we were exhausted from canoeing. But I was like, no, I must, and so I did, and I just felt like I lived my yeah. childhood dream. Okay, <laughs> I I mean so I. Nice. Th- had such an impact that even now like till today there's like five parks around my house and every time I go on a picnic I feel like you know grade three Tarantan would be extremely happy that she finally went on a picnic <laughs> because uh, that was just, like all I wanted yeah. okay as a kid yes and even in like famous five they would they would like explore and that adventurous spirit like I really think that really imbibed that spirit in me by reading those books because I don't know as a kid like I was pretty cautious yeah. and scaredy cat and I think those books really made me like curious about the world or I don't know vicariously through them mm-hmm. um, and you know how like they have like girl scallops and stuff here yeah I think that reading those books were my equivalent of that experience 
I agree. And I think, like, you know, growing up in Nigeria, which is true for both of us, like, you grew up in such a bubble. Like, it was so... Everything around Mm -hmm. us was so sanitized that there was no... Uh, because of you know because of a little bit of like being a city be, yeah being a city and also like was not the safest place in the world at the time mm-hmm. you know we were very coddled and we weren't really allowed to go to places by ourselves so yeah. um so so yeah i think it really made like it just felt like a whole different not just non-fiction it felt like fantasy like being able to <laughs> you know kids being able to do these things yeah and but you know what's sad or inter- like i find sad is that kids in America don't really know Enid in, in Blyton, Enid Blyton. Yeah, she's a, she's a British author, a British. which is, you know, again, yeah, rep- like, don't know. it makes me realize why why I know her so well, because British curriculum is so ingrained with our curriculum. But at the same time, like, mm-hmm. it sucks mm-hmm. for people who grew up here and didn't get to read her. It really is sad because now it's too late. Like, they can't read it. Yeah, no, you can't read it as an adult. Like, <clears throat> and it was these, like, books, um, Mallory Towers. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I, I don't think I ever read them, though. <laughs> oh, okay. It was about these kids, who, these girls who go to, like, this uh, dormitory, like, this sporting boarding school. school. And, like, mm. you know, that was the coolest thing I thought. But <laughs> apparently boarding school is not that cool. Uh, I still, the- to this day, think it's very cool. I think I think like boarding school has in 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 storytelling like boarding school seems really cool and interesting and fun and it can be that way obviously given a lot of the books that we quoted but I think in real life it's almost cruel like you know like I I can't really like I see why parents do that but I also don't see it at all <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. so I I don't know if like as a kid what my views were about it but yeah as an adult I still don't know what my views are about it (laughs) (laughs) um I dated this guy who grew up like who went to boarding and like I thought that was the coolest thing about him I was like (laughs) you have to tell me more let's go on more dates (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he's experience. like Mm. if you go to boarding school when you're you're going down in prevalence boarding schools probably like the prevalence yeah yeah i don't i I don't know many people who still send their kids to boarding school i know it was a thing when we were in middle school ish like a lot of my friends Mm. went to boarding school halfway through you know grade after grade seven or grade eight or something but uh i think it's it's like if you're under the age of 13 or even 15 like 13 14 and you're going to boarding school i think that's a little bit sad and traumatizing but i think mm-hmm. after that age you're kind of like old enough to understand why you're being sent i guess i don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then really quickly my last um book that mm-hmm. i want to talk about is this one called super fudge it's by this author called judy bloom actually about a little kid who has a younger sibling born and he doesn't like the sibling so he I think it's a girl a sister and he tries to send her back <laughs> and so he puts like a ton of post, post postage stamps on this little baby <laughs> and like literally tries to parcel it and it's like a lot of like quirks about this little kid who's uh doing these things so it was really really cute to read when that's uh, too up, funny very lighthearted and... nice yeah I have not I don't think I've read okay. I've read any Judy Boom stuff but sounds interesting <laughs> 
so tell me, what do you think about books that you've read in the last, like, you know, as as far back as you can remember that have really changed how you think about something or have made like an impact and sort of like it could be considered guidebooks or just like, you know, markers or you know some of some kind something, mm-hmm. something in them that has stuck with you right yes sort of like a lesson or... yeah for sure um I think the most recent one that I read would be one called eat that frog okay it's a book by Brian Tracy and while I didn't read it I um, listened to it on audiobook but the concept basically was um do first things first and second things never so we're trying to say like start with the hardest thing and and i guess that's what eat the frog eat that frog is meant to symbolize like mm-hmm. it's gross and so you don't want to do it but you should do it first right i see i see um, if you have to do it so that really changed my mindset in a way i mean it's something we've heard about a lot is right? that basically so like a lesson live- in procrastinating Sort of, yes, exactly. So, um, you know, when you have a to-do list, they say, do the hardest thing, put it on the top, right? Yeah. And my entire life, like, that was just, like, what people say, but you don't really do it, right? Like, who has time to do the hardest thing first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the way that this book is very simple and, like, it just had a lot of, I think because it was an audiobook, I almost felt like this person was talking to me, <laughs> like, as a coach yeah, or something. Yeah. And then um, it it was, like nice to have that shift in mindset or maybe it was just like the point of life the point in my life that I was at where that shift was already going to happen and this book sort of just like cemented it in my brain because now uh, I do avoid things less right so I do the tough things first as much as I hate doing them first that's good that's really that's that's a good book when did you read this um i'm just looking at my instagram post because i can't remember 2019 oh nice wow, okay was, uh, yeah, yeah. So it felt like it was recent but it was a long time ago <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um nice 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 yeah you? um i think one of my like not to right off the bat go off on like a weird tangent but there's this book called my conversation with conversations with god and mm-hmm. um it's by Neil Donald Walsh and it's like this obscure random book I'd never heard of before. It's it's like one of those books that is kind of like I believe that comes to you only when you're ready for it. So apparently it was in my house um, like at my parents home for years and years and years in the bookshelf that used to be in my room and I never like saw it or never bothered picking it up or reading it and then there was this time in my life when I like saw it and I was like what is this about and you know it just seemed like it was the right time for me to read that book because it's basically the premise is and like once you get past the premise it's a really interesting read it's just the premise that's hard for people to wrap their brains around is that this guy who is the author who is um, kind of going through a lot of shit in his life and he decides to start writing he's frustrated you know he's at like dead ends with his marriage with his job with his career with his you know all his personal and professional relationships and so essentially he starts writing a letter to god asking him Mm -hmm. like why his life is the way it is but then as he's writing it 
he realizes that he keeps writing the answers and it's almost as if the answers to his questions are coming from God. Like it's God. It's, it's like a hand of God that's making him keep writing it. And so that's, you know, that part you can, if you can, if you can like wrap your head around, like whether this is fiction or if it really happened, like if you type in the name of this book in, in Google, it's going to be like, or is this book real? Like, did this actually happen? Like, is that everyone's first question? <laughs> but it's it's definitely very like, like for me, it was kind of affirming in a lot of things that I believe in and a lot of things that I've questioned, like question, things I've had questions myself. And the fact that they're addressed, the way they're addressed made it like a very um, palatable book, I guess. And like mm-hmm. on, the only handful of other people that I know who've read it have completely agree with me in the sense that like you have to be ready for this book you know like it's not um uh it's it, it's it's not gonna work for you like if you're not gonna get it if you're not in the right mindset and so it's the answers um or the question answer format that really you connected with um I, I, the actual content it was it was the content it was not just the question answer format mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. one i think that I really and this is on the opposite end of this spectrum of books is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Absolutely, like I, I remember starting to read it and being like, "What in the world is going on here?" And then totally being blown away by the fact that something as bizarre as this book has ever been written, because like <laughs> the guy must have been on some kind of trip to be able to write. And imagine all the things that he wrote and he imagined. I cannot ever stop saying good, enough good things about this book. And talking about rereads, I can't wait to read it again because I read it a long time ago. Okay, so I read this book at the recommendation of like several people that read <laughs> a lot and said good things about it. And I only got through like before I kind of cut it down. It was too mm-hmm. outlandish for my, like it, it was just... It was cute, but, but, I mean, I maybe I didn't get to the mm-hmm. meat of it, but at that point, I was just like, okay, what, what, like, what, <laughs> why, why did someone write this? <laughs> but, you know, I can't speak to it until I, I have fully read it, so this was my experience, like, a little snippet yeah, of experience yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah. I'll try reading it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would not recommend watching the movie. It's a terrible, terrible. It's the worst book-to-movie transformation ever. Like, don't ever watch the movie. And and what about this book um, stuck with you? Is it, like you said, just the fact that it's, like, someone could imagine a world? Um, or, like, yeah, I think, or... I think from a writer's point of view, like, from, some, like, you know, as somebody who likes to write, I found this book very, like, like, it was as bizarre as bizarre can be. And given that I've read, you know, all the Harry Potters and the fantasy books that exist, I just found this book, like, so... Uh, also, I'm not a huge science fiction reader. So I guess that's why... And I, not that this is science fiction, but it's, like, it's sort of-ish. Like, it's sort it's about, like, yeah. you know, so... It's in it, that realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it definitely made me... Like, it opened me up to science fiction in a way that was again like more humorous and more relatable and also that Mm -hmm. like yes we've never thought about the fact that humans could actually be running you know like there's somebody else not quote-unquote god but uh you know it's it's like maybe rats are running this earth or dolphins are running this earth without 
you know, you, you it's just like it's like a thing that you would never think about in uh I guess everyday life that this book kind of makes you think about and it's mm-hmm. it's nice to have that perspective that uh, you know we are so caught up in like our day-to-day life but an apocalypse could happen tomorrow and wipe out every single one of us and what are you gonna do then you know so it kind of like tells you to like <laughs> stop taking yourself so seriously and mm. kind of like live with that healthy dose of like we are just specks on this huge in this huge universe and you know just just take ourselves lightly i guess anyway anyway uh, what else what else uh that you you know um, want to talk about one of the big 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 books in my life i want to say when i read around definitely one of the books 100% changed my life i read it when i was about 17 and I decided to do my ISU, my independent study unit on it in grade 12. It's like, I think it's 600 pages. I actually don't know how, in pages, how big it is, but it's mm-hmm. pretty darn thick. Maybe, oh, maybe the same okay. as Hitchhiker's Guide. It's it's the Fountainhead. Um, it's about this architect that is very, um, very hard-headed and, you know, does things his way and it's almost mm-hmm. I don't know thinking back to it it might even be a little toxic but um he is all about you know in uh, individualism yeah and living your life your way your rules all of you know the things that make yep I yep. mean that people associate with America right or the western culture and um I mean growing up in an Indian household that was yeah. not something that we uh, practice or mm-hmm. really encourage or nurture honestly and so reading that really changed my life and my view on you know owning my life really um, completely and it not only like I mean I was always independent like growing up I always wanted to do my things and all of that but I still kept um kept wanting right, to right. live you know in the box of society right and then and then this book kind of like shattered that in a really cool way mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um in, in a very almost admirable way because the character even though he's like not the best person <laughs> I, I i was like he's so cool <laughs> i want to be like him so anyway um individualistic i'm not saying yeah. that i am completely like him exactly I still struggle with you know the collective and honestly I don't even know if it's a struggle if like if I should say it's a struggle because yes there is so much value in collective and community and all of that um but yeah it it definitely like just made me realize that I'm a person of my own and I should have opinions and uh, I should own them and and, not be apologetic yeah you know um make them heard make my voice Mm-hmm. there's one quote in the book it says mm-hmm. uh, if I don't believe in myself who will and it's on it's not re- really um I mean that I think right right, like right right five years solid was like a defining yeah. quote no uh it like, it's, it's so funny true. like everything that mm-hmm. you said is true for anthem because anthem so anthem is like essentially a prequel or a predecessor to both um, Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged 
and it's basically like the, it's it's a very small skinny book and it's essentially mm-hmm. about how uh we're like human beings are living in a futuristic uh society where there is no uh individualism and no independence it's just everyone is um like it's a very equalitarian society and or egalitarian world essentially and uh, there is no i right like there is no you the collective decides what people are going to do what they're going to study what they're going to become in the future and essentially it's this one guy who decides that he's like he can't help but like have that curious spark or passion for like discovery or like stand apart or like fall in love with the person that he chooses rather than what society chooses and i think of course for very similar reasons as you said because the indian culture is very like family based community based uh it it like speaks a lot to me as well because like you know it makes you think of like your i your ego you know like who you are as a person and what you want to be um outside of you know what people expect you to be so very very similar undertones Mm-hmm. Um another one that I want to talk All about right, so and I think else? we touched on this a little bit earlier is um and uh sorry Stardust. Um so St- Stardust is this book uh again by Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. and he uh sorry I got this book as a gift from a really good friend on my 21st birthday saying like when I was 20 and it had like a cute note in it which I just absolutely loved about it. uh he's like i you know this book gave me a lot of joy when i was a 21 year old so i hope it does that for you as well and um because because of the person who gave this to me and the way mm-hmm. he is it it like made me laugh a little bit more because i can just imagine him as a 21 year old and uh, uh <clears throat> i i i like it it's it's one of those so i got this on when i was 21 but i had spent almost like five I want to say four or five years with not reading any fantasy or fiction at all. Like I had, because, you know, I was in college and I was not reading as much. And if I was, it was like more nonfiction and more like biographies, autobiographies and those kind of books. So this was kind of like a departure from that. And uh, so Stardust is, is like, it's, it's a journey of a boy who it's, it's a coming of age. Okay. So essentially at the very, a uh, base of it it's a coming of age story but it's it has that those those concepts of fantasy and magic rolled into it so basically how he sees like he he i think he i think that i think this is how it starts is like he falls in love with some girl and they see a shooting star and i think she says if you really love me you are going to get me that star that fell and so he goes into the like goes to look for it and all the things that he encounters on the way uh and so it's like it's again uh, so it's it's um i don't know it's just a very like fun and kind of brings the child in you out when you read that book so i really um i, I really enjoyed reading that and i would like that's one of those books i would happily reread just to get into a better mood i feel like yeah oh i want to read it. it sounds really cute and light Uh I mentioned Mastery of Love earlier so I think there's no real more to talk about it just read it it changes your perspective mm-hmm. 
on love and self-love and self-care I think um and and you know we talk about love a lot in our lives in our world but but no one really uh, I mean it's not very there's no books on it I haven't this is the first time I read a book yeah, about it yeah uh, so actually, actually uh, the conversation with God book has a whole, you know, a portion of it dedicated to love and relationships where it's like this guy asking God about, mm. you know, uh, wh- wh- why is, you know, love difficult or why is it so hard or, you know, like, why is it so complicated? And all of those questions are like answered mm. in the most straightforward way possible. Of course, it's slightly too idealistic, but at the same time, um you know in a in a very cool and mm-hmm. interesting way that were that was kind of like new like uh it's not really new it's things that you've heard but not understood so yeah but it's packaged well yes yes that's the thing about love is like everyone has an opinion everyone thinks they know what it is and um it's so unique and there isn't like a standard definition. Yeah, sure. It's in the dictionary, but like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it means something different to everyone, right? Yes. Um, or equal or not same. all kinds yeah. of love are healthy. And anyway, this book. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, this book is really, really good about nice. just talking about all the different things about love. Um, yeah. And then uh, mm-hmm. just another one or they're two they're kind of related they're Seth Godin books and and he writes quite he writes really well he writes to the Mm -hmm. point very simple but not not over simple um it's just easy to connect and understand what he's saying and one of them is called Lynchpin and the other one is called Mm -hmm. Poke the Box and both of them I read around the same time I had um it's 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 um I had started working mm-hmm. uh, at one of my like at my dream job, right? And um, yeah, it was the first time I was in like an 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 office environment, and it really helped me um, figure out like where do I what is my role? And yeah, anyway, so he talks about like poking the box, so like you you should. Um, he talks a lot about in- entrepreneurs and stuff too, which mm-hmm. I feel like. I've always had sort of an inkling towards that, but it's always like worried and, you know, anyway, um, he, in, he, in these books, he gives like very practical and like, uh, small like pushes towards the right direction of like, just ship it, just do this, just do that. Mm -hmm. And like, he makes you think about like why you should be the instigator and, and why there is such a need for people to actually, you know, stand out and be Mm -hmm. a store. Mm -hmm. Um, oh that's cool a sore an eyesore if you will Mm. Um, I actually just thought of one that I hadn't uh, written in my list before but um, I read this as um, I don't know 8th Mm -hmm. grader or something and no book has changed my life the way this book has and it's it's again it's one of those books that um, Mm. uh you have to read with like a healthy dose of skepticism and uh but it's it's also like one of those books that you can't really ever stop Mm -hmm. thinking about so essentially um it's called only love is real and it's by brian brian weiss and 
it's 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 a it's not a sequel but it's a he's also written this other really famous book called uh, many masters many lives and uh essentially he is a psychologist who uses hypnotherapy to treat his patients and what happens in book 1 is in many many lives many masters he uh he he is like you know he basically the way he treats trauma or like injury or like you know things that people are going suffering through is like and this is you know a proper like is this is a thing that psychologists do it's not like an illegal thing or something crazy or something random but basically what he mm-hmm. uh realizes is that when he takes people back in time to like pinpoint under hypno- uh, hypnotism to pinpoint like what is something that you know they unconsciously uh mm-hmm. are triggered by you know and then like once he knows what that thing is he can use that to they can use that to treat themselves or he can use that to treat them and so what he realizes while treating one of his patients is that she is not talking about this lifetime she's talking about something that happened in a previous birth and and so that mm. really and because he's like an american wow. who believes in western medicine and believes in you know just like very scientific ways of living it's a little hard for him also to digest but then eventually he just like kind of comes around the idea of like people living multiple births essentially and uh how he he has and so both these books basically explore this uh world of how there is something there's not really soulmates as much as there is like a soul family and how there are people that you're clo- so you know like how you sometimes meet a person for the first time and then you you instantly get along well with them and you instantly form deep bonds or you're instantly attracted to them for some reason and i don't mean like in a sexual way but in a very like chemistry kind of way almost and it could be anyone it could be a teacher that you really like a relative that you really yeah. close to a friend that you met in school you know and it's basically like how about all of these people have at some point or another made an appre- appearance in your previous birth and uh you know they've been connected to you and which is why when you like see them again you are you basically are reconnected to that person mm-hmm. and so this kind of you know and of course because we well I'm Hindu mm-hmm. and I you know we have a lot about births and rebirths and karma and all of those things in our religion not i wouldn't call it mythology is it mythology i guess mythology yeah. for me about as a consumer rebirth, of the book right? it was easy for me to mm-hmm. understand what he's talking about like that wasn't the difficult part the difficult part was of course like is he being real like is this you know is this actually true like can can this happen like can people and he even talks about how like he's able to take under mm-hmm. hypnotism he's able to when when like patients are going back in time they're able to go back in time when they were in vitro so when they were actually mm-hmm. still in the womb and you know how they felt the environment was like outside the womb you know whether it was happy or whether it was uh you know painful or any of those things and you know which which like ties into like how moms and dads will talk to the baby while it's in the stomach right like to get them uh, accustomed to the voice or something like that mm-hmm. and so this book like just completely like blew my mind i was like i don't know i've like i definitely remember trying to like look up if this guy is real and if he like still exists and if we can still go meet him 
I definitely want to do a past life regression. <laughs> I was talking to my parents about it. And mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know, these past life regressions, like, <laughs> what do you think? Like, do can we do that? And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Even though, like, it's, it's, I would, like I don't said, know like very, if I would do it because I think, like, normal Hindu thing. He, like, it can lead to uncomfortable, like, it can change the way you live your life, right? Like, it can change essentially, like, if you can get fixated on, like, oh, I want to yeah. find my past mom or past dad or past child or, you know, something like that. And I think that can be unhealthy. Um, so I don't know if I would be like, I would want to yeah. do that necessarily, but I'm ready. If you know yeah. someone, let me know. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, Animal Farm is a book you recommend, like you told me about a long time ago and you, and you recommended, and I picked it up a couple of years ago. It was the first thing that struck me was how thin it was. And, and it was great because I read it in like, whatever, like a day or something, um, I mm-hmm. liked, I I liked the parallel that it drew and the symbolisms, but I didn't like the writing style. It was like a little bit too obvious in, in like the verbiage was just so simplistic, and the narrative was just like okay, you could sort of I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah see it coming, but once you saw it coming, then mm-hmm. they didn't have to beat beat it. So out. I. <laughs> They actually can't like remember when I first read it. it I want to say what I was still think? in school, but maybe I was in college. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was probably towards the end of, co- end of school uh, when mm-hmm. I first read it. And I was just, you know, again, I think like it's meant for eighth graders to be able to read. So it's not necessarily a very like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was like, like you said, a very easy read. Like it's a skinny a book. You finish it in like mm-hmm. a week if you are slow and faster if you're fast as a fast reader. But I think like, you know, some of the things that mm-hmm. I read in it, I, I live like never mm-hmm. left my mind, including like the very famous all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And it's just like it, it applies to our everyday life so much Mm -hmm. in you know the social uh, aspects of our lives in you know based on whether it's sexism ageism you know uh, race Mm -hmm. racism so like it's it's definitely very like ingrained in our society and I felt like this book was like a very good um, (laughs) microcosm of like this is how the world works so welcome to adulthood like this is this is the real world you know and it was it was obviously like explained by these animals who are running a farm so it was an easy easy enough to understand but kind of really dark as as um as far as like you know um what this moral of the story is i think that's a pretty uh good capsule of all of the books that we well not all some of the books we wanted to talk about I would love to know what books our listeners have listened to or heard or read, sorry, that, uh, you know, they, you know, they've read it as a 13 year old and it still stays with them or books that they've read recently that have made a total change in the way they think and whether it be it a self-help book or a fiction novel. So I'd love to hear that. I think reading is one of those uh, activities that Mm -hmm. never, it's always good to nurture right it never goes anywhere mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we also have uh, a lot of people that, you know, would like to read but don't read, haven't read in a while, or they don't like reading. But we hope that this podcast sort of just, you know, gets you a little bit interested again or makes you like yeah. the spark in you to go and read If you do, let us know we if you read something maybe. because we talked about um, it. And that would be great. And then it can become a hobby. And if you haven't listened to our That's hobby a good podcast, plug-in. <laughs> go listen to it too. All right. <laughs> all right. That's all we had for today. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you for joining us today and we hope that you will join us again next week with a brand new episode.